1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Tonight, we're
2: following a number of developing stories as we come on the air. Is former President Trump considering testifying before Congress in what would be the TV event of the century? The new video tonight showing Speaker Nancy Pelosi on January 6th after getting word Donald Trump was heading to the Capitol. I'm
3: going to punch him out I'm going to go to jail, girl, I'm going to be happy.
2: CBS's Scott McFarland with Trump's 14-page response to the subpoena vote. Deadly rampage in Raleigh. A mom of three and four others killed after a 15 year old suspect opened fire. CBS's Elise Preston tonight on the search for a motive. Surprise hearing why the Parkland shooter was back in the courtroom after one juror says they felt threatened. CBS's Manuel Bohorcas is outside the courthouse. America prepares for a potentially severe flu season. Tonight, the outbreak at one high school that had more than half the students out of class. And the fight over gas stoves. CBS's Ben Tracy explains why climate change has major cities like New York and Los Angeles banning the kitchen appliance.
4: This is the
5: CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We want to begin with what is now becoming all too common, another mass shooting in America, this time in a quiet suburb of Raleigh, North Carolina. Police are searching for a motive in the shooting rampage that killed five people. The 15-year-old suspect is in critical condition in a North Carolina hospital. The victims include the suspect's own brother, a 16-year-old high school student, and a 29-year-old off-duty police officer. The other victims, all women, range in age from 34 to 52. The Thursday afternoon shootings began an hours-long manhunt. We have a lot of news to get to tonight. And CBS's Elise Preston is going to start us off from Raleigh. Good evening, Elise.
3: Good evening, Nora. That Way County District Attorney tells CBS News the 15-year-old suspect will be tried as an adult.
6: She told me she was gone. I said, all right, be safe.
3: You told her be safe. But Thursday was anything but safe for Tracy Howard's wife, Nicole Connors, who left their quiet Raleigh neighborhood to celebrate her friend's 60th birthday. When Howard returned home, he found them both shot and bleeding. His wife and their dog, lifeless on their front porch.
1: I froze, I didn't know what to do.
7: You know, I could have tried to perform CPR or something, but I decided it's froze, so I called 911. <laughs>
3: Connors is one of five victims killed in yesterday's shooting. Her friend Marcel Garner was critically injured in the rampage. I saw someone walking down Osprey Cove right here with a gun.
0: What kind of clothing is he wearing? The he's wearing a camo. Ten-
3: he looks like he's like 16. Just after 5 p.m., police found two people shot in the street and then discovered more victims along a tree-lined walking trail. There are several families in our community waking up this morning without their loved ones. Officers eventually contained the alleged 15-year-old gunman in a house two miles away. He was taken into custody in critical condition from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. His older brother, 16-year-old James Thompson, is among the dead, along with 34-year-old Mary Marshall, off-duty Raleigh police officer Gabriel Torres, and Susan Carnitz, a mother of three. No child, no grandparent,
4: No one should feel this fear in their communities.
3: Now, police have not named the suspect, and a motive is not known. This is the nation's 25th mass murder this year. Nora.
2: police, Preston, thank you. Back here in Washington, former President Donald Trump has sent a message to the January 6th committee after it unanimously voted to issue him a subpoena. Instead of answering questions or agreeing to testify, the former president used his rambling 14-page letter to attack the panel and its members. CBS's Scott McFarland is on Capitol Hill with new video from January 6th.
5: As the crowd grew outside the Capitol, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is warned then-President Trump had considered coming to join them.
2: Oh, come, I'm gonna punch him out. This well, is my home. No, I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy.
5: The speaker is later shown on the phone with Vice President Pence, who was a target of some of the rioters. She checked on his safety and warned him.
2: Don't let
8: anybody know where you are.
5: The January 6th committee showed parts of the video minutes before voting to subpoena the former president, who responded today in a rambling 14-page letter, never saying whether he'd comply. Instead, reiterating false claims of election fraud, calling the panel's members hacks and thugs and referencing in words and photos the size of the crowd he drew on January 6th. Committee member Zoe Lofgren. Would there be any value if he agreed to do this live in front of the country, in front of the cameras?
2: Possibly. I mean, first, we need an indication that he's willing to talk to us and then we'll work out the details. But so far, It's uh, all-cap answers uh, with the same old, same old uh, false statements.
5: The committee said it's also considering criminal referrals for key players. An important move, says former Justice Department official Michael Greenberger. Would a criminal referral put pressure on the Justice Department, or are they immune to that?
7: It would put pressure on them. They aren't obliged to follow what Congress is referring to them, but it definitely puts pressure on them questions
5: have been raised about why the committee waited so late in its work to move on this subpoena. One January 6th committee member tells CBS News they were ready to vote on it two weeks ago at a hearing postponed by Hurricane Ian. Nora.
2: Scott McFarland with that new reporting. Thank you. While in Florida, prosecutors are calling for an investigation after a juror claimed that she felt threatened during deliberations in the case of Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz. The jury sentenced Cruz to life in prison instead of the death penalty, angering many, including some of the victim's family members. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is there.
3: What they have perceived to be a threat from a fellow juror in the jury room uh, cannot be ignored.
9: At a hearing called over the allegation, prosecutors said it won't change Nicholas Cruz's sentence of life in prison, but asked the judge to weigh in on the complaint.
3: If there was a crime that was potentially committed in the Broward County Courthouse, I think that if the sheriff were to look into it, that that would be entirely appropriate.
9: It's a glimpse into the contentious seven hours of deliberations. In Florida, the death penalty requires jurors be unanimous. This jury was not. I didn't read in the motion that the juror alleged that this changed their vote. It didn't change their vote. They felt intimidated. There were very terse discussions that were taking place in that jury room. After yesterday's verdict, the foreman spoke with our CBS Miami station.
5: It really came down to a specific jury. She didn't believe because he was mentally ill he should get the death penalty.
9: He says two other jurors joined in voting against the death penalty. One of them wrote a letter to the judge after being accused by another juror of making up her mind before the trial began. I maintained my oath to the court that I would be fair and unbiased, she wrote. Many victims' families say they're disappointed with the verdict.
0: We had death penalty option in Florida, and we don't use it when 17 people die.
9: We learned in court today that three jurors have brought up concerns after the trial. That's the same number, according to the jury foreman, who voted against the death penalty. But tonight, the jury's recommendation, life in prison, stands. Nora.
2: Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, the CDC says the flu season is off to an early start. Their data shows a rash of flu-like cases reported in Texas, parts of the southeast, New York City, and right here in D.C. And we know it's going to get worse. Australia already went through their season the worst in five years. Well, in San Diego, one high school is just inundated with cases. Here's CBS's Carter Evans.
8: The outbreak at Patrick Henry High started Monday, doubled by Wednesday, and now more than half of the 2,600 students here are out sick. I have never seen this many cases in so few days. Dr. Howard Terrace is the district physician. How can so many kids get sick at the same time? There was a homecoming dance and game the weekend prior to this Monday. Uh, You'd think that it would take several days for them to become infectious to others, but it didn't. Pre-pandemic, there were 36 million cases of flu, but with masking and social distancing, cases plummeted to just thousands, the lowest ever recorded. Now most mandates are gone. Why are so many people getting the flu so early this year?
5: The last two years, people haven't been exposed to much influenza, so their immunity to it may be down, which is why it's especially important to get vaccinated right now before flu season starts to peak.
8: And the CDC says it's safe to get the flu shot and COVID booster together. <laughs> you. So you can be prepared for what's predicted to be a severe flu season that's already here. Carter Evans, CBS News.
2: Tonight, the Pentagon confirms it is talking with Elon Musk about covering the cost of his critical Starlink satellite internet service in Ukraine. The world's wealthiest man says it's costing his company $20 million a month. Vladimir Putin, meanwhile, says he has no regrets about attacking civilians in Ukraine as another missile hit a city in the south today. We get more now from CBS's Charlie Daggett inside Ukraine.
7: These are the kind of attacks Ukraine desperately needs America's help to stop. Missiles struck this Zaporizhia neighborhood in the dead of night. The heavy equipment stops for a moment. What happens next has to be done by hand another body retrieved from beneath the rubble. There are no military targets in sight here, just people's homes, people who went to bed at night not knowing that they were about to become the next victims in Putin's war. Investigators try to identify the victim as someone's loved one moves from missing to confirmed dead. Sergei Nikonarov was just one apartment over from the blast, but he knew who was inside. They were just regular good people, he said. A family, a mother with their son. Boden Dibidenko and Alina Graschenko were asleep at the time. Can you describe what it was like when it happened? A wardrobe fell on top of us, he said. Alina passed out. He described how they went door to door helping elderly residents evacuate the building. They showed us their apartment, where flying glass and shrapnel shredded everything. In the aftermath, survivors pick through the debris, salvaging whatever might come in useful, in shock and sadness for the homes and lives destroyed, in terror for what may come next. Tonight, Russian-installed officials in Kherson are urging residents to leave as Ukrainian forces push further south, saying they should seek safety in Russia and a move the government here is calling deportation. Nora?
2: Charlie Dagata, thank you. Tonight, the cost of heating your home is going up. Households that use natural gas will pay about 28% more this winter compared to last year. This comes as the fight against climate change is coming to your kitchen. New research shows emissions from gas stoves are helping to warm the planet, and that's why some cities are now banning them. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy.
0: When Josh Gipper and his wife, Kristen, cook up lunch for their kids, that blue flame on his gas stove does not give them a warm feeling. I need to cook for my family, but I don't want to do it to the detriment of their futures. All of the natural gas used in homes and businesses accounts for about 13 percent of the United States' planet warming greenhouse gas emissions. Climate is the biggest uh Concern. It's the thing that keeps me up at night. So Gipper let researchers from Stanford turn his Denver home into a makeshift science lab.
1: A lot of big fancy boxes.
0: Previous Stanford research found leaks from gas stoves alone produce planet warming pollution equal to half a million gas powered cars each week. Natural gas can also raise levels of nitrogen dioxide, potentially causing respiratory issues, including asthma. When you guys went in there and turned on the burners, how quickly did that reach a limit that's considered unhealthy?
1: It took about uh, six minutes for the nitrogen dioxide level to, to reach that EPA threshold.
0: But the fight over gas appliances is heated, while dozens of local governments, including Los Angeles and New York, are moving to require new homes and businesses to run on electric appliances, about 20 states are now forbidding such mandates. The cost of natural gas is at a 14-year high, and there are subsidies in recent legislation for consumers to switch to electric appliances, but natural gas advocates claim it's still costly.
1: This is a
3: very expensive proposition for very little environmental gain.
0: Josh Gipper says he's just responding to this sign that his nine-year-old son recently made. As a millennial, and now that we're raising kids, like, no one else is taking care of this problem. It's time for us.
2: Here's your grilled cheese.
0: Ben Tracy, CBS News, Denver.
2: Tonight, a bird strike causes problems midair for a plane. We have the latest details. Plus, stars of Harry (laughs) Potter are remembering beloved cast member Robbie Robbie Coltrane. Those stories are next.
1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: There were some frightening moments today aboard a flight from Chicago to Miami when the United Airlines jet hit a bird shortly after takeoff. Video posted on social media showed flames shooting from an engine. The pilot declared an emergency and the plane circled back to O'Hare International Airport. No one was hurt. Four astronauts returned to Earth today, splashing down off the Florida coast in a SpaceX capsule. The astronauts included Jessica Watkins, the first black woman to have an extended stay at the space station. She and other crew members were there for nearly six months studying, among other things, how to grow vegetables in space and the effects of space travel on humans. Well, there's heartbreak tonight at Hogwarts. Robbie Coltrane, who played Hagrid the half-giant in the Harry Potter movies, has died.
7: Thought you were leaving without saying goodbye, did you?
2: Coltrane had a successful film and TV career before author J.K. Rowling picked him to play the lovable giant. Remembering him today, Rowling called Coltrane an incredible talent. Actor Daniel Radcliffe called Coltrane one of the funniest people he's ever met. Robbie Coltrane died in his native Scotland at the age of 72. On the Road is next, with a pet companion you're gonna have to see to believe. When it comes to pets, no country in the world comes close to the United States. Dogs are America's favorite, followed by cats, fish, and birds. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with a pet that didn't quite make the list. When you see an
4: alligator coming down the street towards you, it's only natural to either drop your jaw or panic that he'll drop his. But alligator expert Joe Henney says his alligator poses no threat. I've never met an alligator that will not bite you. If you fall around the head like this, their instinct is to grab you. He does not do it, you can reach in there, rub his tongue, he refuses to close his mouth, we don't know why. Yeah, there you go. Wally was found in a pond at Disney World. He had to go. And since in Florida it's illegal to relocate alligators to another spot in the wild, Joe agreed to take him in. Today, Wally lives on Cheetos and chicken legs in Joe's house near Hershey, Pennsylvania, without a cage. Good boy. At this point, I should probably say what should go without saying. Don't try this at home. Joe says there may not be another alligator on the planet as gentle, and certainly no other. It's cuddly. I don't think I'd be here right now if this was just another guy with an alligator. Not that there's a whole lot of those out there, but there's a special bond between you two. Very special. He is my emotional support alligator. You heard right emotional support alligator. A few years ago, after Joe lost some people close to him, he says he fell into a deep depression. And about that same time, he says Wally began behaving differently, more affectionate, almost like he sensed his depression. I laid on the couch and I wake up, he'd be laying on my head. And I knew it for a long period of time because I had his whole jaw print on my face. You don't wake up when you have an alligator on your face? I was so depressed, I did not. It also marked a new chapter in their relationship. Joe started bringing Wally everywhere, from the doctor's office to the drive-thru. You can pet him. He's been to a splash park. Wally! And was even ring bearer in a wedding. They are together day and, yes, night too. And as a result, Joe says his depression is dramatically improved. Uh. I'll get lonely and stuff like out there and he seems to sense that stuff and he'll come up and he'll give me a hug and makes me feel loved. He may be an alligator, but I can attest, those are not crocodile tears. Steve Hartman on the road near Hershey, Pennsylvania.
2: I'm glad Joe's feeling better. Coming up next, going to bat for Ukraine. We end tonight in Coney Island, Brooklyn, where New York City police officers and firefighters are playing two baseball games this weekend against Team Ukraine. Fans are being asked to pitch in donations to help rebuild Ukraine's youth sports facilities destroyed in the war. From the battlefield to the ball field, Americans are truly stepping up to the plate to help Ukraine. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night, and I hope you have a great weekend.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey.
4: Look around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>